0: What about if you don't have time? You have no time whatsoever, but you have money. What what do you suggest? That's
1: perfect because ultimately you need both these two things, right? It has to be someone putting the deal together and then someone financing the deal. And you can do both. But ultimately we've had lots of investor partners over the years in all sorts of different deals where I have put the deal together. I am spending the time. Welcome back to The Donkey and the Bee, where men are jackasses and women are biatches, where we work together to build an extraordinary life.
0: Tune in to up your game in your marriage, entrepreneurship and finances. Welcome back to The Donkey and the Bee with your hosts, Brett and Laura Cavis. We got the donkey here and the bee. And we discuss all things marriage, entrepreneurship, and finances here. And uh, finances seem to be a go-to for us. We seem to really like talking about money. We like talking about money. We do.
1: People don't have their money together.
0: That's true. Most people don't like talking about money. So, you know, this is why we're here.
1: Let's get uncomfortable.
0: Oh, that's easy for me. (laughs) (laughs) Let's break down some money. Let's do it.
1: All right. So, this kind of was spurred off of a conversation I had with a friend. And I was talking to him about investments and we, what we were purchasing and how we're doing uh, different real estate deals. And he's like, man, can I do that too? Like I was breaking down, like, here's exactly our numbers, right? Here's deal by deal, what we're, we're breaking, going through and purchasing and how our, our exit play is and what our cash flow and stuff is. And he's like, gosh, and I have, and I won't say how much, I have this much, right? And it, it, he's like, can, can I do something like that? And it wasn't, it wasn't a ton of money, right? It was, you know, uh, I don't know, it was like 20 grand,
0: you just said you were going to say how much. <sighs>
1: okay, well, I said it. I said it. I needed to have some context.
0: Okay. All
1: right. So he's like, hey, you know, I, I got this money. Um, can I do something like that too? And I looked at him like, yeah, of course you can. Like, how, how could you not? Like, it doesn't matter how much money you have. You, you told me you had $20. The answer is still yes, you can do it, right? You could have 20 million and yes, you can do it. There is a distinction and then I explained this to him and I think we should talk about it today. You need two things. In order to invest. You need time and you need money, but you don't have to have both of them, right? You could invest time and money together, but if you didn't have any money, you could just have time or vice versa. If you didn't have the time for it, you're focusing on your business. You were making more money. You had money. You didn't have the time. You could still do that. So I went on to unpack this. I'm like, yeah, this is exactly how I do it. I would do it just like this. If I had, you know, this much money to do it, For sure, if you had no money to do it, I would still do it just like this. So I want to unpack this today to to let people know, like, you do need to take control of your financial future, right, like, I mean, we own an assisted living and memory care and our grandmas and grandpas there, they're they're in their 90s and it costs at least, at least 500 grand just to die, right? Like, it is not unreasonable for it to cost you a million dollars once you hit 90 years old especially if you have dementia or something to that effect where it's a very slow and expensive decline for, for years or a decade, right? Like you got to have your finances together or else it falls on your kids. So I, from that perspective, I want to say, hey, here's how most people, they don't have, you know, the, the hundreds of thousands or millions to invest in, you know, all these different things. And I want to say like, here's how you can do it without having all of this money you just need to have some time
0: i mean that's how we started we we didn't have money when we first started we were working in restaurants waiting tables and figured it out because we did not have the money we therefore had the time and so we took that time to really educate ourselves in the niche that we wanted to invest in and so i think if people are like well i don't I don't have the education. I don't have the knowledge. I don't even know where to start. I don't know any of these niches. Ah, you know, it's like an analysis paralysis. I think it's taking one thing at a time. We knew we wanted to invest in real estate. So I think we just started there. So we just started reading books. We started opening our phone on the podcast app and listening to podcasts. I mean, there's literally no excuse. You have so many tools in your phone, like literally at your fingertips. And so we just delved into that. And so we took the time to educate ourselves uh, to then make an informed decision on, you know, what to invest in. And then it just kind of just <laughs> grew from there, slowly yeah. but surely, right? One thing led to another. Exactly.
1: So there, there's so many niches out here that you can invest in, right? Like, I mean, I literally know people who invest in watches. They buy watches that are collectors and appreciate in, in time. I don't know anything about watches. So we're going to talk about real estate today. Because <laughs> we've been in a lots of different niches on real estate. And some of them we jumped into were like, no, that's not for us. And some of them were like, man, we we're going all in and we are building a team. We are gonna scale this business. And when we first got started, one of the ones that were not for us was mobile home investing. Yeah. And um, but it was super intriguing because we had almost no money. And you can buy mobile homes, especially like not new modular homes, right? Like old school mobile homes from like the 60s or 70s, um, man, for cheap, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's real cheap. <laughs> so we bought a few of them. And I, I swear, we, we spent like 3500 to buy one, right? And it was like a double wide. It was actually kind of big, 1973, 74. Um, bought it for like 3500 bucks. It was in a park, so you didn't own the land. You own the mobile home, right? And they, you know, it's very common. People ran out of money and you get evicted. And when you get evicted, you got to take your mobile home with you. And obviously, you can't just take your 50-year-old double wide mobile home with you when you leave, right? So you leave it and you literally abandon it and and then the mobile, har- mobile home park kind of just takes it over, right? Like, so it's, there's this niche that I learned from a coach, and he's like, hey, this is what we do, right? We go and we buy. Before someone loses it, like, you get to at least pay them for, you know, whatever you negotiate, right? Instead of them getting zero, they get they get this much money, right? And so um that was kind of what we tried and we did we bought three of them and we realized man i hate this it's not for me <laughs> It was really terrible it
0: cash flowed it, it cash flowed but yeah it just wasn't our our niche that we wanted to
1: yeah really get into. but i guess for context it took almost no money we bought um bought three of these up they were like okay here's one example and it was pretty common we bought it for about 3500 bucks and i want to say we spent like eight to ten thousand put a new carpet and painted and changed the countertops and Granted, these were 50-year-old mobile homes. They were not very, very fancy. And so we were all in probably like 12 to 15 grand on each one of these things. And then um, we sold it on like a lease option and we made like five to 700 bucks a month for about 60 months until, you know, the the, the tenant owner purchased the home from us on, kind of on payments, right? So it was a great little play. It's a niche. It was very easy for us to dive our, into and like get our feet wet um, we decided that really wasn't what we wanted to do. We wanted to do something else. But there was that niche. There's been several other niches that it didn't take much capital. It just took a lot of time. Right. Like we got a coach and he walked us through this whole kind of step by step kind of thing. And it was a lot of time right? Like it was not close to where we lived. We, I drove out like a couple hours into the desert mm-hmm. to, to find where you get these cheap mobile homes, right? Like, and I would do that like once a week and manage a, a little handyman who was going and painting it and stuff. But the point being, you can, wherever you live, find some type of way to invest, right? Like even if you got to drive two hours to do it, that's ultimately what we did those first few years, right? Like a lot of the deals that we could afford, we were living in Orange County and it's a very expensive area of California and none of the stuff we could afford, right? Like so we were driving, you know, through the mountains over the hill to <laughs>
0: through the woods. Through the woods. <laughs> yeah, to the, to the
1: middle of the, like Podunk Desert, right? Like um and we could afford to do some deals that. They were very small, they didn't make a lot of money, but we were able to grow our knowledge base and have a lower risk um option as we were kind of learning some different niches.
0: You say low risk and I think that's An important thing to say because i think when people hear investments or investing i think a lot of people correlate the word risk with it Mm -hmm. and so i think that's why people don't want to invest because they're risk averse they don't want to run into the battlefield where there's risk right they want to run the opposite way and so i think changing your mindset on that and realizing that there's opportunity yes there's risk but i think once you take that time that we're talking about and really dive into learning about that certain niche, then it's not so risky because you know what you're doing. You know the numbers, you know if it's a good deal, you know how much it's going to cost to renovate it. And so I've never really thought that it was risky. I did in the beginning because I, I wasn't knowledgeable on this certain niche. And so I think once you get more knowledgeable, you get more confidence. And then I think once you have the confidence, then you don't see it as a risk, you see it as an opportunity.
1: For sure, I don't think anything we do is risky. Yeah, I always come at a per, an investment from this perspective. Here is what I anticipate the outcome to be, plus or minus this much, right? That's a good deal. That is something I'm excited about. It hits my, my buy box, meaning it, the, the numbers make sense. I calculate, therefore, also the worst case scenario. What is the worst case scenario? And for me, I will only buy something if the worst case scenario is I still make money. I mightn't make just a tiny bit of money, but it is not possible that I lose a bunch of money, right? Like if it is possible, worst case scenario happens that I can lose all of my investment or something horribly bad for my family, that's a deal I pass on. It is either win or maybe just squeak by, right? As a worst case scenario, cool. I, in that perspective, got my money back and I gained, I won because I learned knowledge, Mm. right? I learned, hey, this was what I'm not gonna do again next time, I still have my money back, I can try again
0: but you first had to take that big leap of faith and really apply yourself to that knowledge first. And I think that is the step where people don't even take that first step, I think, mm-hmm. because maybe they're already in their mind thinking, oh, I can't learn that. Or it's just that negative self-talk that we all tend to have at times. And so I think it's yeah. getting over that as well, well. This
1: goes back to time. It's mm-hmm. not like it was a weekend, right? It's not yeah. like we decided like, hey, let's do this and let's get um, a couple books on it, right? Like, And by Monday morning, we're ready to go. No, it was months of of this and lots of books, lots of podcasts, Mm -hmm. um, paying for a coach, potentially finding people, going to networking meetings, meeting people who are already doing it, right? Like I was driving across the state, going to meetings, meeting people, doing this just so I could pick their brain. Can I take you to coffee? I don't know anything about this, but you know what I got? I have time so I can spend this time to do this. And again, we were setting aside uh, you know, maybe two two days a week, something like that, right? We were mm-hmm. both waiting tables. You, you had three jobs. I had two jobs. We hated our life and we knew we had to make a change. There was a lot of motivation there. And what we had was time. We had, what, one daughter, maybe no kids at the time. Mm-hmm. So I, we had f- weekends free. It's like, man, I am young. I can put aside 10 hours this week and find someone to teach me this thing i am motivated enough to drive an hour and a half away to go to some meeting hope i meet somebody who does this that can say hey brett here's how to do it right like here go do this go meet this person here's a you know an an expert in this niche that you can talk to also
0: okay so we kind of covered the individual who doesn't have the money but who has a lot of time on how to get started there Uh uh-huh what about if you don't have time you have No time whatsoever, but you have money. What what do you suggest? That's
1: perfect because ultimately you need both these two things, right? It has to be someone putting the deal together and then someone financing the deal. And you can do both. But ultimately, we've had lots of investor partners over the years in all sorts of different deals where I have put the deal together. I'm spending the time. I have built the expertise, put the deal together, say, we're buying this. We're going to do this. It's going to be worth this, right? Here's your ROI. And I take that and I go to people who have money. They don't have time usually. They are very high uh, income producing people. And it is easier for them to make more money than it is to spend the time to learn this. Right? They're, they can afford to, to focus on what they're already doing. So they should stay in that lane. right? If you make great money, then just keep making great money don't spend your weekends trying to learn something new driving all over the state trying to figure this thing out right it's it's not easy so if you have that perspective somebody wants to meet you there it's it's really a partnership right and it's it's the person with the deal and it's the person with the money you need both those things to come together in order to get the deal done but you have to have you have to have both ultimately
0: so with us personally we started with mobile homes and from there, we learned that niche, realized we didn't like it, and then we moved to single-family homes. Uh, we've been in that niche for almost a decade now, and we know it. We know it really well, and it's very similar to mobile homes. But we know in the future we'll probably be apartment investing or something like that, which is 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 it kind of similar to the other two?
1: The principle is exactly the same. When you know, we listen to big investors. You talk about like Grant Cardone or someone who's buying. 200 million dollar apartment buildings it's exactly the same thing it's time and it's money right there is a term called value add and you are trying to take something change it and create value it is exactly the same whether you do a little deal like like that mobile home right i'm buying it for for 3500 i'm adding 6 grand or 8 grand to it and i'm increasing the value by you know 20 grand right the it's exactly the same on the $200 million scale. You're buying something, you are changing something about it, right? You are increasing the rents. You are are fixing something so that you can increase the rents. You're letting just natural time and appreciation in a specific market drive the rents up. But you are implementing some type of change and in an exponential way, not a direct one-to-one way. So ultimately you can do any size deal you want. The principle is always the same. You have to create some kind of deal with value add. You are spending time to be able to do that, right? People who buy big deals, people who do developments, they're literally spending their time building out these things. I mean, spending time for months, you know, comping hundreds of properties, making dozens of offers before they get the one deal that they can therefore take to the investor and say, hey, Mr. or Mrs. Investor, you have the money. I just spent the time, here's the deal, I'm gonna combine our forces here, here's this deal that I spent time on, here's your money, let's put them together, let's do this deal, here's what we're looking to get out of this deal. So there's this term that I like, and I call it investor math, and I think of it this way, I think of two plus three equals 10. It's not two plus three equals five. What you do with investor math is you actually create wealth, you create value, you have some type of value add play. And that's really what we're talking about today. How to use your time to create wealth, to literally invent money. Like, that's the value add here, right? So, if you can say, Oh, I'm going to buy something and I'm going to do something to it, I'm going to add some money to it, or I'm going to change it in some way, and it creates value at more than a one to one ratio. What I mean is, if let's just say you bought something, a property for 100 grand, and you fixed it up, you put 40 grand to it. The property, you do not want it to be worth one hundred and forty dollars or excuse me, $140,000, right? That's a one-to-one increase. You want it to be worth like 180 dollars $200, $200,000, dollars right? You're solving some problem. You're creating a new opportunity. You're adding value going from two plus three equals 10. So this is where you can focus your time, focus that energy into how do I learn some type of niche? How do I get into investing, not on the money side, but how do I find some way to create value? How do I invent money by solving a problem, creating a new opportunity? And ultimately, it's not something you're going to learn overnight. It's not like I'm going to go on YouTube and learn this over the weekend, right? Like you should spend this time and energy into it. You should be getting some type of coach or have someone who's ahead of you in this journey that you can follow. And then ultimately, it's a lot of trial and error. It's like if you're looking at property, right, it's it's hundreds of, of properties you're going to look at, right? It's it's maybe 50 offers by the time you get one that actually works where you could actually make something like this um, add value to it. So this is where I think you really need to focus if you are going to just get into this and, and say, okay, I, I need to figure out what to do with my time.
0: I think the misconception that a lot of people have with these big, Gurus and these big dudes who purchase all these, you know, 300 unit apartment complexes like Grant Cardone, is I think a lot of people think that these individuals use their own money coming from their own bank, and I think behind the scenes, once you are in the investor world, you know that's not the case. You know that um, they scale their companies using other people's money. So Grant Cardone, love the dude, but give, taking him as an example, he probably has thousands of investors that he pulls money from each of these investors and he puts it in a big pot or what they call a fund and he uses this fund to purchase real estate and then he pays his investors a percentage on that and then he'll probably uh refinance i don't know two three five years later uh take their investors out of the game it'll be under his own personal llc and you know that's how he purchases real estate so i think behind the scenes People don't see that. They think he's just like this like bucco rich guy, which he is, uh, but he got rich by utilizing other people's capital.
1: That's right. It's all about the time and the money, mm-hmm. right? You can literally scale this game by using these simple principles. How do I scale my time? And for us, it was like you literally you and I doing this, doing every step of the journey, answering the phone calls, meeting with the contractors, finding the realtors, and then we're like hey, you know what, we, we have more opportunity that we could do ourselves. Let's hire our first assistant. And then it was, let's hire a project manager and let's hire a salesperson, and let's hire a phone person. And then all of a sudden we are focusing everything we're doing on the time side of this equation, right? having more people scaling our time. It's not just you and me at 40 hours each. Now it's a whole team of people putting in 40 hours each and we can create more opportunities. We are now finding more things that we could say, hey, you know what, we don't just have one opportunity. We have 10 opportunities going right now. And so on the other side of this, where you can also scale the money side, instead of just having one investor, Mm where we started with one person who trusted us, who wanted to invest with us, I showed them the opportunity. Then it was like, okay, well, I have multiple opportunities. Now I can go find multiple people who are investors. And that's really on both sides of this, right? You can scale both sides of this and you don't have to be the person who has everything together, all the money and the experience and the capital. That's not realistic. Focus on one side or the other.
0: I'm sure there are a lot of people listening right now that are like, sure, guys, that's great. It sounds good for you. You guys, you know, started your company and you, you know, you were lucky, you know, you, you now you made it. But what I want to say is does it doesn't it could be you too. You listening, you in the car, you in the shower, you working out right now. Like it could be you as well. Doesn't matter if you have 5,000 or 500,000, you can take that money and you can make it grow by utilizing that money or utilizing your time. So I would say if you don't have the money, but you have the time, focus on a niche, dive into it, learn it. Um, Just podcasts, books, events, everything. I mean, it's out, it's at your fingertips. There's no excuse. Dive in, learn it, and utilize that learning experience to then leverage your knowledge now that you have to then um, partner with someone who has money to create a great investment.
1: That's right. Well, thank you for joining us. If you like this stuff, make sure you hit that like and subscribe button and we will see you on the next one.